Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm here to help you navigate nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together, we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Today's podcast is brought to you by my favorite green company ever. I've been using products from Purium and I'm in love. I've dabbled with cleanses before and I don't even know if they work to be honest. They give you a bunch of pills, you end up um, pooping your pants And I don't actually know if it does anything for you. And usually during that process too, you feel headachey, you feel tired. And I don't know about you guys, but I've got lots to do. I've got multiple businesses. I'm creating all the things. I need to feel good. So I just did this cleanse from Purium. It was 30 days. It was super easy. I replaced a couple of meals with some superfood green drinks. There are more things in the shake than you could imagine. Everything is a whole organic food. There's no weird additives or chemical ingredients. And during this process, I only felt amazing. My energy was next level. My gut transformed my mood, fantastic. And I found that the more green things I took in, the less cravings I even had for the bad stuff. It's the easiest cleanse I've ever done. I shed some of that COVID weight. I feel amazing. It has this patented product that only Purium has that detoxes glyphosate out of the body. If you don't know what glyphosate is, give it a Google. You want it out. So I've never felt better. Um, there is a link in my show notes where you can save 25% on this cleanse um, at ultpack.com question mark gift card equals joy 25. And again, you can find that link in the show notes. We have a new sponsor too, and it's called The Sovereign. And this is actually me. The Sovereign is a membership service that I have created to support the Freedom community. This is a wellness membership that will incorporate every aspect of your life. Because this community, I see you, I hear you, you're hurting right now. You're feeling unmotivated, you're feeling fearful, you're spending way too much time on a screen. I get it, I get it, I was there. And I got to say, I see everything that's going on in the world just like you. And I feel really good. I feel fine. And it's because I really use and practice things that ground me, energize me, and focus me every single day. Without these practices, I would be completely lost. So in the sovereign, you're going to find... Eastern wisdom practices to ground you, breath, meditation, um, coaching practices, journaling. You're going to find things to make you ridiculously healthy, yoga, mobility work, workouts, strength. But then here's the next part, which I think is really important right now. You're going to find inspiration and creativity to move you forward in this world. The world is wild and we need self-led leaders that are inspired to keep going. So you're going to find workshops on how to homestead, how to garden, how to preserve your food. You're going to find workshops about cryptocurrency, about building an online business, about making money. 
we have a community here. And in this community, you're going to interact with each other. We're going to have a lot of laughs. You're going to find people in your area. You're going to just crush that feeling of being isolated because you're going to find your people here. You're going to find your people. You're going to find that motivation again. And you're going to take care of yourself really, really well. Because we need all the lions, not only to speak up and stand in integrity, but we need you to be motivated to move forward in this world. The Sovereign, it starts soon. Head over to my email list to stay in the loop at carlajoytreadway.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today is a solo episode and I'd like to talk about how my family uniquely parents. And I'm not going to tell you how you should parent because that never goes over well. I'm just going to explain how the Treadway family does things very differently, or at least I think we do things pretty differently. I never really talk about my kids. Uh, I never really have on my Instagram or my social channels or with work, but um, I'm a mother and I spend a significant amount of time, like many of you, worrying about my kids, obsessing over my kids, taking my kids places. So it's an important issue. And I'm really worried for our kids right now in 2022. I think we're erasing a lot of old school values and substituting these old values with some very strange and particular ideologies, which I don't think are going to help our kids in the long run. So this is just how I do it, and you may completely disagree, but again, we just do things a little differently. And I'm not saying that I have perfect kids. I do not have perfect kids. My kids right now, they're, they're 9 and 13. Um, they probably behave just the same as your children. But I think I'm really setting our kids up to prepare for the future. My kids still complain, they still lie and do the normal child things, teenager things. But I think my kids are going to be very resilient. They're going to be able to handle this world. And I saw a quote um, from the podcaster um, Sunit. I can't remember her last name, I'm sorry. Um, Her podcast is called The, The Holy Life. Her quote was, Instead of thinking about what kind of world are we leaving for our kids, we should be thinking about what kinds of kids we're leaving for this world. Like, let that sink in. The world has some very serious problems right now. We're even potentially looking at a world war if things keep escalating. And I don't think the kind of kids we're raising right now are prepared to handle discomfort. Discomfort in even its slightest forms, let alone these massive problems. And I'm seeing this not so much in little kids. Little kids are little kids. I'm seeing this in young people, people in their 20s, people that are just popping out of college, maybe their late 20s. Um... And it's a problem. I think we're raising, in general, some very weak people. I think the intention was good. The intention, I think, was to create compassionate, caring and empathetic people. But I think the result is very different. And that's something to reflect on. Because your intention doesn't matter as much as the results. 
mental health is at an all-time low for our young people. I don't know a, a kid that doesn't have issues like anxiety. And it's not just the climate, it's how we're raising our kids. Our kids want to be protected from every little thing, every little word. We're not letting our kids be bored. We're throwing our kids in front of screens. We're getting rid of old school values like respect your elders. Let's start with bodily autonomy. We're teaching our kids right now that bodily autonomy is not a thing. We saw it with our public health policies. We're seeing arguments over uh, abortion in the United States seep through into Canada. And either you stand for bodily autonomy or you do not. There is no yeah but in that argument in my head. We should teach our kids that their bodies are sacred and that it is their responsibility to protect them and care for them and make the very best possible choice. We should teach them to be so in tune with their bodies. Can they listen to their intuition? What does their body feel like? Like I have two daughters. So even in regards to uh, like eating, I try and get my kids to eat really, really healthy. And of course, they don't want to because they're little kids. So they want to have everything that's just like white, right? Like yogurt, crackers, uh, mac and cheese, all, all these kind of things. So what I try and explain to them is, you know, if you eat that sugary breakfast, you're going to feel badly in about an hour. You're going to feel shaky. That sugar is going to make you crash. You're going to feel awful. Or if I see them wanting to choose a lot of like processed things, a lot of chips or junk food, I was like, you know what? Your body's just going to feel like really low energy. It's going to feel bad. You're not going to want to play and do sports and all these things. The more fresh live foods you put into your body, the better you're going to feel. You'll be less hungry. You'll like have tons of energy to go out through your day. Because in our very sensitive culture, we can't talk about things like weight to the point that kids are getting very unhealthy BMIs. And like the fact that we're not even supposed to say that is ridiculous. Now, a healthy body comes in a huge range. There's a huge range of healthy bodies. And as someone that has actually recovered from eating disorders, I do not tell or teach my kids uh, because they're kids. We don't talk about losing weight in our house like ever. I don't talk about those things, but I absolutely talk about having a healthy body and completely neglecting your body, not listening to your body will get you to some very bad places. You will feel bad eventually if you don't feed your body really well if you don't move your body constantly I think we should love and respect every single body but we should absolutely be aiming our children towards the healthiest version of their body possible they should learn to listen to their body how do you feel is there a way that you could feel better by something that you're putting into your body or a way that you're moving your body? And as far as bodily autonomy goes, I absolutely don't want my children thinking that someone can tell them what to do with their bodies. That's not their mom and dad. That's not themselves. That you should just do something because someone told you to. Never. Never. Which kind of leads me to my next point is blind trust in authority. 
Just do it because I say so. Over the last two years, that's what we have taught our kids. That's what we have taught adults. Do what I say just because don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. So when I grew up in the classroom, we were encouraged to debate the teachers. We were encouraged to bring up things that didn't feel right. We were encouraged to discuss and debate things. And with cancel culture now online, in classrooms, in institutions, in corporations, that is not what we're getting. Now, you're allowed to bring things up and express your opinion if you're on the right political side of the argument. And because uh, only the left has penetrated uh, institutions, um, that's the only opinion that's allowed in the space. But I encourage my children to always express their opinions. And if you are taught something by even a respected elder, uh, a teacher, for example, um, and something doesn't sit right with you, question it and do not back down. Because blind trust and authority will get us to some very, very dangerous places. We're in a culture that supposedly values diversity and inclusion, however, not diversity of thought. Cancel culture is an out-of-control beast to the point where Not only are you not allowed to have certain opinions, if you express certain opinions, you will be punished, publicly lambasted, fired, canceled, smeared. People will make sure that you don't have a job. It is a vile and sick thing that is growing quickly. And I'm going to continue to push back and tell my children to trust their intuition always express their opinion, no matter the force that's coming down on you, no matter the public pressure, no matter what your peers are saying. If you are the only one that holds this opinion, that's okay. Hold strong. Civil discourse needs to happen. Instead of mass compliance, which is what we're teaching. Debate me. Tell me why you feel something differently. Tell me why I'm wrong. And let's talk about it. Civilly. Because as we continue to teach our kids blind obedience, blind trust in authority... We're also teaching them that they need to be protected from uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable conversations. There are so many things that are uh, being taught to our kids right now that are not backed by science. And regardless of that, our children are told just to be quiet and accept it. This is just the way we do it. I mean, even like math like the way we teach math now is so bizarre I couldn't even help my kids right now it doesn't really make sense (laughs) but it's like this is just the way we do it now it's just the way we do it we're teaching our children how to uh, sorry we're teaching our children what to think instead of how to think And I think this is why we're seeing so many people uh, start to take their kids out of school and homeschool, just for this reason. Schools and colleges and universities should be a place where you are taught how to think for yourself. And again, that's not what we're seeing. We're being taught very specific ideologies. And if you do not go along with them, Kids are actually getting kicked out of school for these things. We're not really teaching our kids how to be healthy. We're teaching them how to be subservient. And part of health includes your mind, your ability to self-express, to be a sovereign being.
Like in school, I I remember being a part of so many like debate teams. We were able to debate different arguments and debate different sides. And politics never entered uh, the classroom if it wasn't in a fair debate. But now we have politics and ideology infused in every part of the classroom and only one opinion is allowed. And it's uh, worrisome to me as a parent too when I try and interact with institutions and the institutions themselves are just as bad. They are not willing to have conversations with the parents at all. People, and this is what we're doing. So people are coming out of college. They're learning how to conform. They're learning not to rattle the boat or ask questions. They're learning to be weak and scared to have conversations. I'm not even saying confrontations, like they're unable to have conversations. These people end up in roles in our educational institutions, and then they're just as scared to have conversations with parents. And I always come to my conversations politely and respectfully. And it's amazing how many adults are unable to have conversations. So in the beginning of the last two years, for example, uh, writing letters to the school board, the principal, um, the school trustees about my concerns about um, vaccine mandates in schools and giving them very logical reasons why I was concerned about mandating these things in the school. I probably sent out 30 emails And not one person was willing to even have a conversation. Guess what they said? We're just doing what we're told. I've heard that before. We're just doing what we're told. That got us to some pretty dangerous places in 1940s. That's not an answer. And if you want to take a leadership role in our public institutions, you need to be able to back up your actions with an argument. If you can't argue your point, other than just say I'm doing what I'm told, you're not really being a leader. And I understand if someone was coming at you in an aggressive way, if they were being disrespectful, I never did that. If you can't discuss it, you don't have a right to put policies like this in place. Here's another one that's happening in schools. It's happening in um, soccer teams, sports. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Let's not hurt any feelings. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a ribbon. You also can't fail a grade. We won't fail you. We'll just keep moving you up. Well, you can fail life. You can fail life. So if kids go their entire schooling career thinking, it doesn't matter what I do, I can never fail, they're in for a very harsh awakening when they get out in the real world. You can have a failed marriage. You can fail at getting a job. You can fail at paying your bills. You can fail at having a home. This does not help children. Teaching them that they don't have to work hard to succeed. That is life. Competition is healthy. Your kid's not going to be good at everything and they're good at something. Find the something that they're good at and encourage them to work incredibly hard. And of course, we all have those things that we want our kids to be good at and they just aren't or they just don't like it. Well, find those things that they like and help them be the best at it. The best. There's this weird culture right now that, and it's the college age that's really uh, getting loud about this, this, this anti-capitalism, anti, um, anti-capitalism, anti-competition, 
yeah, I get it. Some people are greedy. Corporations can be greedy and they can use capitalism to their advantage and do some harm. And if you're teaching that only that in university, that capitalism is evil, competition is evil. I understand why these college kids are getting pumped out thinking that. Are you teaching them what happens actually, what the consequences are of everybody wins? Because a lot of kids are coming out of university right now thinking socialism is a good thing. And, you know, Karl Marx talked a lot about this utopia of of socialism and what that would actually look like. But if you've ever read a history book, you'll see there's not there's not one example of this going well. Because humans have it within them to be greedy and controlling and all these things. All that ends up happening with socialism is everybody suffers equally while the top gets richer. It's even more polarized. It's even less equal. You just, there's just no middle. In socialism, there's just no middle. You have people extremely greedy and powerful at the top, and most people are suffering. And if you look at every single instance of socialism and communism in the past and in other countries, people are suffering. In Mao's China, millions of people starved to death. Under Stalin, millions of people died. It's not a good system, yet you have all these young people coming out of university and cheering, change the system. And I just have to scratch my head because I just think you have no idea what you're asking for. And of course you wouldn't because you're just out of university. You don't actually really own anything. You don't own a house. You haven't worked hard to get where you're at. And in fact, under this current government, you're probably never going to own a house because you'll never be able to afford it. So maybe socialism does seem appealing to you right now because you're not going to be able to get those things yourself ever. But guess what? Under socialism, you're not all going to be living in nice homes and being taken care of well and living the current lifestyle that you like, getting Starbucks and going to movies and having a vacation when you feel like. No, we're all going to be worse off. Just look at history. And that's an entirely separate podcast, the history of communism, the history of socialism. It's bleak. It's bleak. And we're really doing our young people a disservice by constantly hammering down on why the West is evil, why capitalism is evil. That's fine. Talk, like, talk about the realities of what's gone wrong. Talk about the honest truth of our history. Please do. Please tell us about the things that have gone bad. Please tell us how capitalism can be bad. But don't pretend for one second that it's better than socialism. Also talk about socialism and communism. And there's a book called uh, The War on the West. You have to read it if you are um, interested in this material. We're constantly talking about how evil and bad the West is, how evil and bad capitalism is, but we're completely neglecting what's actually going on in other countries. Like slavery actually exists today. There are 40 million slaves today in other countries. Um, How come no one talks about what's happening in China? In China today, there's genocide. People are suffering under harsh totalitarian communism. They're suffering, but you don't hear about that. Only how the West is evil. I don't believe in that for one second. I think discernment needs to be used. We absolutely need to acknowledge our problems and how we can adapt and change and be better. But the whole everything about capitalism is evil and everything about the West is evil, that that narrative is a little bit ridiculous, especially when you compare Western countries to a lot of the current countries that are under socialist regimes. Um, We're doing pretty good. We have some good people here. 
So like we can talk about the bad, but we need to also take an honest and good look at what this actually can do for people. Because I want to teach my kids to work as hard as possible to be successful under a system where everybody wins, but actually everybody loses. Um, there is no reason for my kids to get up in the morning. None. And again, it doesn't matter what your intention is. Look at the results. I work with teenagers. I run many youth programs to help teenage girls. They are, in general, unmotivated, and they're kind of depressed, and they spend all this time on their screens, and they're, they talk to me about these things. Like, they have no reason to succeed. I was running one program for a school in particular, and the girls were like out of control, hard to handle, extremely rude, mean to each other, rude to me. And at one point, I stopped what I was doing. I stopped my program, and we had music playing, and I stopped the music. It came to a grinding halt. And they were in my yoga studio at the time. And I looked at the girls who were being extremely disruptive, extremely rude. And I said, look, I am not your mom. I'm not your teacher. You're in my house. And if you're going to come into my house, you will come here with respect. And if you're not able to do that, you can leave. And the teacher and all the girls looked at me with like such shock because they had like never been, it seemed like they had never been told (laughs) to check themselves ever. And I had a conversation with the principal after. Those girls never left, by the way. They stayed and nothing but good behavior after that. And And I talked with the principal that... I noticed that there were not really any consequences for a lot of these girls. You know, they would come to class and they would just have like their laptop. They'd have their headphones in listening to music. They'd have, they'd be staring at screens and completely ignoring the instructor. And I got to know these girls pretty well in my programming. And some of these girls, some pretty terrible things had happened to them. And I think it was the teacher's perspective and the school's perspective that they were just proud that they showed up with school, that they showed up at school. Considering that these terrible things were happening at home, they just showed up at school. And I can understand that. I can understand that. However, when you let kids do whatever they want without consequences... It's actually more proof that people don't care about them. It's more proof. When someone can love you and give you consequences, it actually shows them that they care about you. If they show up late, if they disrespect you and you just let them do whatever they want, it's more proof That people don't care. They don't even notice you. You can just do what you want. They don't care. And of course, that needs to be done with tact and care when you're dealing with someone that might be experiencing uh, trauma if things are really hard for them at home. But this whole only love, no consequences approach, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Again, the, there's the intention and then there's what actually, what, what are the fruits of that? And we're seeing that in real time. The fruits of that is bad. We see that with um, like our drug communities. They're blowing up out of control. There are no consequences anymore and it's blowing up out of control. Love and consequences is what helps us get through. So discipline is important. I'm a hard ass at home with my girls with some things and not others. For example, our screen time in our house is extremely limited. 
They have cell phones because Lily babysits and I let them drive boats on their own. So they have cell phones because I need to be able to reach them. But I have my parental controls on hard. They know that they have no privacy on their phones. That at any time I may take their phones and I will. I look at their messages I look at their conversations. I look what they've Googled. I've looked what websites they go on. I look at everything. They know this. I'm not sneaky about it. I'll just, every now and then, without warning, I'll say, give me your phone. It's time for mom to do like a big look through. Now, they're 9 and 13. I'm not going to do this when they're 16. They're children. Like, if we're going to give children phones, and again, I don't even want my kids to have phones. I only do this. Uh, because I need to get a hold of them. I wish they had like an old school flip phone, but they don't. So they have this. Um, parental controls are on hard. They, uh, they can't look up songs with swear words. They can't look up sexual content. They can't just Google whatever they want. They can't. I'm a hard ass with screens. But then I give my girls full freedom to hop in their little boats with their tiny little motors and I let them drive themselves to town. I've taught them responsibility. We take our little girls hunting. We teach them how to use guns and knives and how to provide food for themselves under supervision, done responsibly. But my girls know how to, like, if something happened to my husband and I, they could actually go get food. They could actually go get food. They can actually drive. If there was ever an emergency, they could actually handle themselves. I don't care that they're good at screens and know how to use Snapchat. I know that they ha- I want them to have life skills. So we're heavy on the chores. We're heavy on language. I don't let them just watch whatever movie that they want. They get to watch kid shows, even at the ages that they're at. They don't get to be disrespectful. Oh, they try. They try. But they don't get away with so much as a snide comment or an eye roll or anything without me saying something ever. My kids are taught to respect their elders. They go to their grandparents once a week, every single week. And sometimes they complain about grandma and grandpa's rules. And I say, tough. Tough. Because I think it's good for them to be around their elders and learn from them and respect other people's rules. And it's family. It's family. So we teach our girls a lot of old school manners. We do old school parenting with them. I teach them that if they want to be successful in life, they're going to have to bust their ass because life is hard. They're going to have to get good grades. They're going to, like, I want my kids to have a job that they love. And you're going to have to work really hard to make money. Because life is getting expensive. If my kids want money, I I say, great. And I give them a list of things that they can do around the house to make money. I don't just hand my kids money ever. If my kids ask me to buy something for them, like say it's like an expensive Starbucks drink, I tell them that they can use their money. I don't just buy them things whenever they feel like they need something. They get secondhand clothes. If they want a new bike or a new scooter, I teach them how they sell their old one online and then how they can work to make money to pay for the new one. And of course I buy my kids things too. But I teach my kids the value of a dollar. That they need to work for it. That money doesn't grow on trees. You know, after school, every single day pretty much, they're like, can, can we go buy a snack? I'm like, no, we'll go home and I will make you something. I will make you something. Because that's going to add up every single day. When my oldest was in kindergarten, we took her out of school completely and our family moved to Nicaragua for half a year. Hannah was just a baby. And that was the best thing that like we ever could have done for my family. 
so many people thought we were crazy, uh, like their teachers thought we were crazy and that it would hurt them. My kids learned so much more in that year than they ever would have learned in school. They learned about culture and travel. They learned to speak Spanish. And we spent every single day together as a family. And we still do that now. We make our kids hang out with us all the time. They don't come home from school and then just run to their room and shut the door and stay on a phone. That's not allowed in our house. They get to spend time with us. And they're allowed to have a little bit of time on a screen and it's measured and it's watched. And we're very careful about that. Because what I am witnessing in the world are a lot of sad and depressed teenagers. And it's May 26th. Two days ago, there was another horrific shooting in the United States. And this horrific shooting was immediately made to be a political issue. Gun laws and everyone is blowing up, fighting about if it's a Republican thing or Democrat thing. Do you know what that actually is? It's a sign of how terrible our culture is right now. How hateful and divisive it is. It is a huge red flag to what's going on with our current policies to make mental health this severe of an issue. What did lockdowns do to people? People were locked up on screens and masks. What did that do to people? But we're not talking about that. We're pretending like this is just like some natural evolution everybody's depressed and anxious and suffering from these severe mental disorders. It didn't just happen. We made it happen. We made it happen. So in the past, we might have been too harsh. And I get that. I get that in the past, we didn't really talk about our feelings. And maybe things really were extremely racist and divisive and... You know, that there are people that went to war and they didn't talk about their feelings and then they had PTSD because we were a little too harsh on people back then. And that did need to change. But now the pendulum has swung so far to the other side that we have made some very weak people that are unable to handle an Instagram post let alone a looming Great Depression or a world war. How are people going to be able to handle that? We're taught that they need to be bubble wrapped, that everybody wins, that you shouldn't say your opinion out loud because someone might get mad and cancel you. It's not right. And we know it's not right because of the fruits of our actions. More kids than ever are depressed. They're unmotivated. They're not excited to pursue life. It's those old school values, actually, that built resilient people. And that includes consequences, discipline, effort. You might even throw capitalism in there. If you work really hard, you can have a good life. We don't teach that anymore. And you know what, maybe it was a good theory to try, but we see now it actually doesn't work. It actually doesn't work. The value of hard work, truth, integrity, honesty, love and consequences, that's what we teach in our family. So, you know, we have a lot of unschooling to do. And I'm not saying that teachers are bad. Teachers are wonderful people. Teachers are wonderful people. My kids' teachers are wonderful people. But they also don't really have a lot of say in what's being taught. It's kind of part of the curriculum. It's part of the ideologies that are seeping into schools. And I don't agree with them because I'm looking at the fruits and the fruits are bad. The fruits are rotten. 
And I'm very curious about homeschooling now because I don't like where things are going. And I think the world is changing. And I hope the things that I'm worried about in the world, I hope they don't happen. Of course, I hope they don't happen. But if they do, I want to know that my girls can handle the world. That they are tough and resilient and motivated to work hard for themselves and be kind and compassionate for other people. I don't want my girls to be weak to the point where they just recoil from confrontation and they're too scared to say their opinions and they just go along with everything for fear of being canceled, where they give up bodily autonomy, where they have blind trust and authority and are not able to think for themselves. I will never parent that way. My girls will be taught to think for themselves, to speak their minds no matter what, to question authority, to be respectful of their elders, to take bold responsibility for themselves. If their life is not going well, that's on them. That is not a harsh thing to say. That is the most empowering thing that we can teach our children. Your life is up to you. If you are depressed and anxious, there are things that you can do to make things better. Most kids today are dependent They're dependent on everything around them. And I think our government right now is trying to create dependent citizens because people that are dependent are honestly just really easy to control. I can see as someone in power that's desirable, but that's not the kind of kids I want. That's not the kind of world I want for them. Because people that are motivated and willing to work hard for themselves are also happy people. When you just give everybody things, they're not happy. They're not appreciative of them. And again, we see that in real time every single day. When people work for the things that they have, they value them. And this is where socialism falls flat. And this is where capitalism is actually a good thing. Does it have its flaws? Sure. I think socialism has a whole lot more. If we want to have a better world, we need to raise better kids. So it's not what kind of world are we living in? leaving for our kids, but what kind of kids are we leaving for this world? Are they going to be able to handle the world? It's like Brenny Brown says, soft front, strong back. It's the polarity. We need both. The kids we're raising right now, soft and soft. They're missing that strong back piece. When I think of like strength in terms of self-expression and speaking your opinion, for example, a strong person is able to have a conversation in a matter that's respectful and kind and calm. A weak person is reactive and angry And that's the kind of person that embraces cancel culture. There are a lot of things wrong with this world. And the more strong and compassionate people we can have, the better. It's not true that people who value individuality don't care about everybody else. That's such a ridiculous idea. Everybody cares about themselves. (laughs) And it's like, put your own mask on first. 
not that kind of mask. You guys know me, but yeah, when you take care of yourself really, really well, you're in a good and healthy place. You are well. Now you can help everybody else. If you're personally suffering, you're definitely not going to give any of your time to other people. It's both and. You can value individuality and love the collective. Socialist agendas that promote collectivism promote disempowerment. And I'm not for that. I'm here to raise two very, very strong girls that are here to make the world a better place, that will be willing to ask common sense questions regardless of what the cancel culture mob has in store for them. I will raise my girls to be respectful and kind and accepting of everyone and at the same time stand strong in their values, our family values. Because the family values, your individual values, are more important than what the government's trying to put on you or what society and culture are trying to put on you. If we want to promote diversity and inclusion, it also must include diversity of opinion. And we should be able to talk about our differing opinions without the weakness of online bullying and cancel culture. I want to say too, I respect other parents and their choice in how they want to parent. This is how we parent, and I love it. And I'm not here to tell anyone else how to parent. I'm just saying, this is what I'm seeing in my work with youth. This is what I'm seeing out in the world. And it doesn't seem like our current approach is working. Our kids need to be stronger. Soft front, strong back. Love and consequences. Balancing those polarities, the both and, grace and grit. Let's help our kids be more balanced. Thanks for joining with me. Um, Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on parenting. I'd love to bring some parenting experts of various opinion here on the podcast because there's so many ways to parent. So many ways to parent. Um, Yeah. I'd love to learn more. I'd love to learn more as well from you guys. So thanks for joining me um, in this week's episode. If you like the podcast, give it a like. Hit subscribe. Tell your friends. Share it on Instagram. It helps me a lot. Thanks, guys.